stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! So you think the biggest story this week would be uh, young, up-and-coming British talent signing for uh, probably past its prime, trying to reclaim its glory Formula One team. You'd be wrong. The biggest story this week, you already know. Welcome to Motorsport 101. This week on Motorsport 101, we're in the strange predicament where it's me, Ryan King, hosting the show, not your friendly neighborhood Andre Harrison. I'm also. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> I'm, also... Me, Ryan. <laughs> I'm also not joined by RJ O'Connell from Chattanooga, Tennessee. This week, I'm joined by. Is Returning he genuinely guest. the Chattanooga Choo Choo? <laughs> I did not know this. Like, if I'd known this, I would have put that into far more hype trains. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> no one yes. should let me on this podcast. Carry on. As you've already heard, we're rejoined by our reoccurring guest, Hazel Southwell. How are you doing? I still don't know how to behave, and I'm still in an airport. Perpetually in airports, Hazel Southwell. We're also joined by a new guest. Uh, she writes for a blog called Formula Incident. Uh, her name is Ellie. Uh, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Ellie. Uh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, no problem. No problem at all. And again, to the listeners at home, if you if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe to us via SoundCloud. Uh, you could, you know. I don't know how you're listening to this through your favorite podcasting app, but you can always find us on motorsport101.com. And if you really like the show, you can support us on Patreon. Oh, you have a lot to go through this week. Please uh, support us on Patreon. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't get paid any of it, but I know that it matters. Yes, it does matter. Uh, you could follow me at Ryan Eric King on Twitter, uh, the show at motorsport101. Uh, <laughs> Andre Harrison, who is not here, you can follow him on Har at Harrison101 on Twitter. Uh, RJ, you could follow at RJ O'Connell. Hazel, where can, where can the good people find you? Uh, I am at H Southwell FE. And Ellie, where can the good people also find you? You can find me at Ellie Jane, uh, at Ellie Jane F1. Okay, we're going to start with the little stuff, and surprisingly, the little stuff involves uh, a current Formula 2 points leader, Mercedes Junior driver, <laughs> George Russell, being signed to a Formula 1 deal with Williams. God bless him, he looks like Haunted Mannequin, but he's very good at driving. <laughs> yes, he's certainly very good at driving. It's been it's been revealed in the announcement that it is a multi-year contract with Williams and he'll still retain his tie with Mercedes-Benz. Uh, so, as I understand it, part of this deal 
that they take Russell is that they offset um, the multi-year element is that Williams are able to offset the devaluation of the pound against the euro in buying Mercedes engines. That is... <laughs> As I understand it, to, because it is, is a huge thing. When you're talking yes. about millions and millions and millions, like I deliberately took out euros before Theresa May made her speech today <laughs> because that's how volatile our currency is. I don't know what her speech did. I assume the pound is now worth 1.2 pence. Um, but uh, that is a situation that the UK-based teams and Williams is entirely UK-based. They have nothing to funnel it through. So um, Red Bull or something funnel it through some other country. But Williams are entirely UK-based. Um, and they initially really started to struggle when Brexit was announced. Like This is part of the decline of Williams is when the pound started devaluing against the euro so as i understand it it's not that they've been paid to take him it's that the cost of the uh power units has been guaranteed in euros yeah so funnily Which enough, is worth a lot more than 10 million yes funnily enough that is an issue over here in the U.S., uh, specifically in the National Hockey League, where uh, a lot of the Canadian teams, despite hockey being much more popular in Canada, the Canadian teams are at a disadvantage, uh, were at a disadvantage because of the the value of the Canadian dollar versus the U.S. dollar. Mm. And to the point now where every single contract in the National Hockey League is paid in U.S. dollars. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, because the pound has fallen against the euro by like 60%. Yes. <laughs> if you are a customer team to Renault or Mercedes, you've got a really big problem. You have a really and big like, problem. And like McLaren have lots of money in lots of places all over the place. But Williams don't. And so, like, for them, it's a really big problem. Claire has spoken openly about it. And, like, as I understand it, that is what is guaranteed in the deal. Okay. So. I, I, like, I might be wrong. I don't take that as credence. But from everything I have heard up until this point, and I hear quite a lot of the inner workings, that is what it's gone with, which is worth much more than a 10 million from Lance Stroll or a 10 million from Sergei Sok. And I think they probably will keep Sergs. Um, yeah. He's well liked. He has done absolutely everything to integrate and to appreciate the team. He has always been, it, it sounds tacky, but he bought his team bracelets. He took them all out for team drinks. He took the entire team, including Lance's side of the garage, out for team drinks at the end of the first part of the season. Like he's he's a class act with money, but yeah. and likes them and yeah. wants them to like him. Yeah, it really feels but, yeah. like at Williams from the outside looking in that they will either, it, that they will have a Russian besides George Russell, whether it be Sergei Sorokin, and if somehow it's not Sergei Sorokin, it feels like maybe they're leaning towards Artem Markolov. If uh, no, 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 that's off. That's off. Is that uh, due to... Uh, no, no, so Artem Markolov's father was uh, yes. arrested 
Um, if you don't understand uh, post-Soviet and particularly Russian politics, you might not understand quite how consequential this is. But um, his father is one of the main shareholders of the 1520 group who um, are like the main, they're like the, I don't know how to translate this in an international way, but like they, they're the network rail of the Russia, which is a lot. Um, and they do the research and development for the Russian railways. They're not an evil company, particularly. They genuinely do do. They're just a very. Well, they're an influential company. Yeah, and billions of pounds worth of contracts is like, well, that's how much you need to do a contract about the Russian railways. Like, I mean, Russia is immense. Uh, Like, you have to think about railways from Latvia to Japan. Um, But. I also don't think Valery Markolov is necessarily a nice person who I'd love to defend, but it is political that he's been arrested. And it was political that he was arrested at the Grand Prix with Putin in attendance. Um, but um, all his assets have been seized, so it is actually quite, there's quite a high chance that neither Russian time nor Markolov will race in Abigail. Uh, yes, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh no, no, that is it is total. The funding is gone. On the topic of Sorokin, there is rumours about his sponsorship going downhill or something about the money. There is rumours. I don't know where these have come from, but I've heard. About um, it. so it's it's um that sorry, I speak Russian, so <laughs> I know more about this than I should. But yeah, um, Sorokin's fairly secure. He's the right type of Russian for the current. Or his funding comes from people who are in favour at the moment. Um, his funding is backed by SMP. SMP are generally pretty good. Uh, SMP are a bank that have a racing edition, obviously. Yes, you do. But yes, uh, it, it's not. It, although. I mean, I say this as somebody from the former Soviet Union, like, nothing is above board. But, and certainly not where oligarchs and billionaires are concerned. But at the moment, Sorokin is safe from Markle office. Okay. Should so, not re-enter Russia. No, I mean, Markolov literally should not re-enter Russia. So, uh, kind of shifting things Back Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, oh my God! Are. I said oh, we banged through this in five <laughs> yeah. minutes, and I've been so awful. Uh, yes. Um, uh, Russell, it's great to see him get a chance in Formula One. Um, I think the fact that Mercedes were so unable to accommodate one of their own prodigies that they didn't expect him to win this year because everyone <laughs> expected Lando to win this year, and he hasn't. He is actually shattered. I bet you're from the beginning. Um, uh, but um, that he has, and he almost certainly will. I mean, Lando would have need a miracle to catch up at this point. I yeah. can't remember what the points leaders boost like seven out of it. or something. Lando's yeah. Out. So oh no, the... he's out of it. Yeah, yeah. No, he's completely out, and um, it's only. Yeah, Alex Albon. Alban. Oh, yeah. Albon could take him for a uh, second. So, um, which brings us to later formula. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Albon could still take him for second. Um, uh, but George is pretty much guaranteed first. Yes, they would take 
unfortunately, like. And no, I think Marklov no. actually could still uh, ask him for third. Yeah, no ill will towards George Russell. Like the only way he would be able to lose the championship title in Yas Marina would require a DNF of some kind or non-point scoring thing. Oh, or both uh, two DNFs. Yes. It would require a Lando Norris um, Russia weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, heading over to the United States, we have the finale of of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for the last time because next year they will be sponsored by Michelin. Uh, down in Georgia at Rhone Atlanta, the this year's edition of Petit Le Mans was a closely contested race that went down to the final lap. Is this the one Montoya's racing in? Because he's racing in something, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> I watched um, the the one that Fernando did the Daytona. That's what I watched. And Lance Stroll did it as well, and I watched for him. It was the finale of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Uh, it had a very, very dramatic conclusion with the winner of the race not even being the leader on the last lap of this 10-hour endurance classic. For goodness sake. I mean, yeah. this is one of my favorite races, and I'm sad I missed it. I had to miss it because I I basically I decided I, I actually had to just take some time and do some laundry and some accounting, and I do some invoices or else I will starve and die and stuff. And it, I get to a point where I have to pick and choose. And like the last few years when I've watched Pussy in the Morning, it's been like, me. Yes. But this, yeah. year, this year was a classic as leading on the last lap, the the Cadillac of Tristan Vautier, Christian Fittipaldi, and Felipe Albuquerque. Uh, they ran out Christian of fuel. Fittipaldi? Yes. Who's he? he Which is... one of them is he? I mean, one of the Fittipaldi. Sorry, carry yes, on. Yes, yes, he's he's Pietro's older brother. Oh right, okay, fair enough. So they ran out of fuel on the last lap, losing the lead and the potential one-two for Cadillac. Uh, they ended up finishing fourth, but Cadillac still takes their first ever victory at Petit Le Mans with with Ranger Vanderzand. Uh, Ranger Vanderzand. What a great name. <laughs> That's right, Hunter Ray and Jordan Taylor behind the wheel. Uh, and surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, uh, Team Yost Mazda got a 2-3 finish, locking out the rest of the podium. Do you think Randa van der Sland has ever met Sandra van der Sloot, who just became the Class B champion in the Benelux Porsche Cup? Probably because they're both Dutch. They're both Dutch uh, sports car drivers. Well, I think I think she might be. Oh no, she is Dutch. Yes. Well, they might be Belgian or something. Anyway, who knows? <laughs> um, some of those people from that place. And though, said, though, <laughs> though they struggled throughout the race and finished a lap down, the number thirty-one Cadillac of Felipe Nazar, uh, Eric Coran, and uh, Gustav. Wait, no. I forgot which Chavez that is, but <laughs> but they Thanks their eighth God. place their eighth place finish was enough to clinch the championship this year in IMSA. So Felipe Nazar, former Formula One driver, won a championship this year. Um, wow, he is one of to me. He's always like he was. He wasn't terrible at F one. It was just due to circumstances. He lost his seat. 
Um, yeah, he, he has always been one of those drivers who uh, is underfunded. Yes. Um, he lost the Banco de Brazil uh, funding, which is why he lost to Sauber see, And then lots of changes happened at Sauber. Um, but like at the end of the day, it was a fight between him and Tetra Pak. And also, I admire the fact that him and uh, Marcus Ericsson just utterly loathed each other the entire time. <laughs> like, they really despised each other. If they'd been forced to do the teammates grill the grid, they would have just flung shit at each other, I oh, think. Oh, dear. Like, they hated each I'd other. I'd have watched that. I'd have paid to watch that. Incredible amounts. Um, which uh, I, I really appreciate. I think there's not enough of that anymore. Like, Post Alonso and Hamilton, everyone's been like, "Yeah, you shouldn't really loathe your teammate that much, though, should you?" Okay. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah so moving, it was magical. Moving on to quickly through the GT classes. Sorry, sorry. Uh, in GT Le Mans, the race was won by the factory Porsche 911, driven by uh, Nick Tandy, Patrick Pile, and Frederick Makuweki. Okay, but the series championship in that class was won by the number three Corvette of Antonio Garcia and Jan Magnussen. Uh, okay, Mag's dad. Yes. <laughs> he must uh, be like 60. Surely. Uh, he's, he's been driving forever. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. He's much older than that. Um, but also, you can crack on in GTs for ages. Um, yes. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm planning to... I mean... I'm planning to retire from truck racing into GTs. <laughs> and I've got like a solid 15 year. That's brilliant. I mean, like I am comfortably by 10 years or more the oldest person on this podcast. And I'm still, um, you know, ho hoping for my racing career to come in. Uh, but yeah, you can, you can crack on when you're well into your 50s and incredibly overweight uh, doing GT racing. It's fine. Didn't that Cars weigh absolutely shitloads anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and in the in the lowest class GT Daytona, the 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 class win was won by Daniel Sierra, uh, Gunnar Jeanette, and Cooper McNeil in the sixty three WeatherTech uh, Scuderia Corsa Ferrari four eight eight. The series title in GT Daytona was really close with. Brian Sellers and Madison Snow denying Catherine Legg, Alvaro Parent, and Trent Hindman, Trent Hindman, the series title. Though things are looking up next year for the second place finisher. Well, one of the second place finishers in GT Daytona, as date as Catherine Legg will be joined next year at at uh, Michael Shank. Cattle, uh, Michael Shank Acura by Simona Di Silvestro and Anna Beatrice in an all female team. Um, I mean, that is going to be incredible. Um, Catherine Legg is uh, so Catherine Legg and Simona Di Silvestro are uh, the two of the three women who have uh, raced in Formula E. Um, Catherine is one of my favorite races ever. Um, I think she is an absolute champion. I think if she'd been given a really good go in single seaters, she would be an incredible driver. Um, she never has. She's never had the funding to get out of four wheel, uh, out of close wheel, really. 
Formula E, she got a go and then was usurped by Antonio Felix Costa um, as he crashed out of the Red Bull program. And um, Simona is unquestionably the closest we have got to a female Formula One driver in the last 10 years or the last 20, to be honest. Um, she. I'll talk more about this later, but if Simona had been given the opportunities that, say, Lando Norris was, Simona would be Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Zero question. <laughs> and that wraps it up for our quick review of Petite. I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening right now wish the review was a bit longer, but I'm sorry, there are bigger stories. Yeah. We may have foreshadowed. Foreshadowed. Okay. And before we head to the big story that we've been foreshadowing, we head mm -hmm. over to Germany, to the Hockenheim ring. Woo uh, not going to talk about DTM. We're going to talk about the Formula 3 European Championship, which, I... which concluded not only its season, but the series itself with Mick Schumacher clinching the title in the second race. Uh, yeah. It, it looked a bit dicey because he crashed out. He crashed out the first race. Mm -hmm. I did nearly cry when he won. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Mick Schumacher's European champion. And it at the start of the year, I would not have picked Mick to win it. Uh, being uh, nobody would. Nobody would have. No, uh, but I think that Mick has actually had a chance to develop in obscurity. Yes. And the F3 was the right championship for him. GP3 would have been too much glare. But not very many people, like we're all obsessive, so we look at F3. But not very many people look at F3 overall. No, because um, certainly not unless it's at another event. And even then, when I was at WEC, and like these fuck all people at WEC, <laughs> and probably half of those were looking at the F3. Um, like, so I think uh, the, yeah, the, it was the right choice for him to be allowed to go away and develop his driver. He's got to go into cars somewhere. Yeah. And going into cars, Michael didn't step into cars and be brilliant in cars. He was in cars for four seasons before he won a championship. Yeah, and like because that was how old they were then. <laughs> and surprisingly uh, enough, like, uh, like the, the funniest, like it's it's a bit kind of funny and a bit sad that Mick spent most of his karting career racing under a pseudonym just so people he so people wouldn't immediately know that he mm. was Michael Schumacher's son. Mick but, takes a couple of years to develop whenever he goes into a series, and that's why he did so well this year, I think. Yeah. But and... I think that's absolutely fine. Like, you know, the evolution between I'm 31, nearly 32, and the F1 drivers who I loved, who were rookies, were in their <laughs> 30s <laughs> when I was a child. The F1 drivers who people love now are in their teens. Yeah, My favourite's a teenager, not going to lie. That is a <laughs> lunatic. Crazy. No, but that is a lunatic level of, like, that has literally over my lifespan, for every year of my lifespan since I got into Formula One, the age has decreased. Yeah. Obviously, 
what should happen is I should stop eating. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, single seaters is slowly, slowly in single seaters. The wunderkind has stopped being the outlier and start being the new normal. And and it's it's a money thing. It's an absolute money thing, and we'll talk about this later. But it it is uh, it is a real problem. Um, and I think uh, the fact that Mick was allowed to develop on his own, he obviously drives through a good team. Prima are an exceptional team. There's the Ferrari backing. There's the desire to get in, into F1. But actually, he's not signed up to Ferrari. Yeah, he's like, I think I was um, talking I with this to Dre. He, will, he won't be in the Toro Rosso. I think he will go to F2. Yeah, I think he's going to go to F2. It's he kind of been um, heavily into George's it. Seat. George's seat at F2, that's the rumour. Uh, yes, yeah, he'll go into ART. Yeah, is yeah, was... is what I understand. Um, ART being the agnostic team. <laughs> um, to so because obviously they had George and Jack, who yes. is Renault, uh, who were sec uh, first and second place in GP three, and Jack has had the car that shot itself. Yeah, and and, and... Been nowhere compared to George. That's the big. Uh, well, I mean, I think honestly, Jack has just had a car that absolutely shat itself because George had slightly more money put behind him, and he has the eighteen. Ooh, interesting. Uh, Jack has had uh, four times, uh, three times more mechanical failures than George. Whether it whether it's luck or funding, that's still a thing. And he's lost his nerve because his clutch keeps uh, kept failing at the start of the year. But that will also make you lose your nerve. But yes, we should also talk that. Uh, Mick Schumacher, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Mick Schumacher finished uh, pretty, like, two, two race wins worth of points clear of, you know, his title rival, title rival Dan Tictum. Like, it's... The title picture seemed a lot closer heading to this weekend. Mick cheated secretly. <laughs> I'll refer um, back to Dan Tictum. Yeah, I mean, because um, the thing is, Dan Tictum only had enormous amounts of financial backing. Yeah. Um, uh, so he only had millions and millions of pounds worth of financial backing. Um, so that was a massive uh, disadvantage to him compared to, yes, um, Schumacher did have backing um but compared to that he only had millions of backing and he only had being a little bit older and he only had oh he had to stop racing for a year because of that time that he deliberately crashed into another car <laughs> under the safety <laughs> after it overtaking 11 other cars in order to do so yeah if if you he should never have been allowed a race license again and he, he certainly should not have backing Bates Gavissa was dropped from the Red Bull program for underperformance though he's Alvin still in it he has Alvin he's still in he it though I'm so mad it's been so I'm, wild. I'm, I'm sorry but I am fed up of Tixum uh, being a sub story case he is yep. not a sub story case he is somebody who is at a disadvantage in super license points because he had nothing to earn for an entire year because he was banned from racing 
He has and subsequently been reinstated a year early after his two-year ban was uh, suspended. And it's so weird that I've that in the press I've seen so many parallels. This like they've been trying to draw as many parallels as they could to the 1994 Formula One season as they could no. making Mick Schumacher's father and Dan Tictum Damon Hill. It's insane. Right. <laughs> Nothing I lived through in 1994. <laughs> 1994 is the reason that I will never support Ferrari because they are cheating dirty. <laughs> um, uh, and I don't even know if it was Ferrari. And I, I can't even remember the full details because I was a tiny child at the time and I was just about getting into F1. I could barely really understand English at the time. Um, but I do know that my man Damon was robbed. Um, Bye. However, uh, compared to that, uh, Dan Tixon has robbed himself. And I'm sorry, he has robbed himself. Yeah, because the um, only person uh, he has if, I, if I had ever fucked up that badly and I was given a second chance to the tune of several million, and have any of us ever been offered several million pounds? No. <laughs> no, I wish, but no. And like, I just, I just want to... Because... What he was offered was close to a million pounds. I've been tossing up the junior circuit fees. And it costs about, for a top ride in F3, you're looking at a million pounds. Um, a million euros. Oh, no, it's two million for F2. Yeah, because that's around the estimate I heard from the uh, parents yeah. of a certain American driver who's who's driven. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it's two million for F two. Yeah, so, it's that like, much just, for just to, And F three gives you a lot more racing. And uh, I know we're going to talk about prize money mm -hmm. later on, but I do find it ridiculous that the prize money for winning. This prestigious championship is mm -hmm. only a hundred thousand euro. Is that it really in terms of all of what they get? Is that it? Yeah, in, oh, in no, no, uh, uh, no, that goes to the team and that goes, to yeah, that goes to the team. You don't receive That's that personally. <laughs> that is not even your spares budget for the year, like, it's really not, it's not even your spares, like, uh, yeah, the Formula 3 market is pretty much. Uh, speculative market based um, on you can get the nonetheless, one. I would like to say that I think Nick Sh uh, Mick Schumacher and like I'm not a Schumacher fan. I'm old enough to be of Schumacher's era. Um, I'm the Schumacher Hill era. I'm not anyone who ever certainly overrated Michael. I felt he did have certain things that made him incredibly good at being a Formula 1 driver. I also thought that he changed the way that Formula 1 worked to a degree that has become negative. Um, but I think what Mick has done is entirely on his own, largely in isolation, and anyone who pretends that it's because it's a for more expensive parts need to look at Red Bull. Like, if Red Bull could cheat Tictum into a seat, <laughs> they, they would have. Fucking would. 
they need to like, because they have nobody. Oh, uh, well, they do. They do have an enormous pool of people to choose from. Yeah, they they're just very selective. Um, at the moment, Red and they Bull are having. Yeah. Well, no, my favourite thing is at the moment Red Bull are having to wait for Formula E to decide who they're picking. <laughs> like literally, that is where they are. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure because a lot of people. Why, want no, to no, drive. everyone wants a manufacturer ride in Formula E. No, no, I'm saying like a lot of people wouldn't want a Toro Rosso drive. <laughs> I mean, they'll take it over nothing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's better than nothing. So, you know, hence my man Kavut coming there. (laughs) Oh, dear. Which I'm going to have to... I got really annoyed at the Russian Grand Prix. I was suddenly like, oh my god, I'm going to have to listen to you all butchering his name for the rest of my life. I had, like, two years of reprieve. Year and a half. Whatever I, just, it was. I just like I don't know if it's the correct pronunciation or not, but I just stick with Kvyat. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's close enough. Okay, that's thank okay. you. <laughs> it's when it's Kvyat. I'm like I, I don't know what you're doing. With your mouth. <laughs> um, not, I don't think you're pronouncing or, or it. Or even think it uh, Johnny Herbert's particular Kvyat. <laughs> Oh no, I can't even do it. It's it's like Kufiat. It it sounds like K V and then Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can't I can't do it. Anyway. Um if you want to pronounce it authentically for the coming years, it's uh, kind of pronounce it like you're swallowing it. So like it's in the back of your mouth. Uh <laughs> Um but yeah. There you go. Right, let's get on to the real controversial okay. topics of the year. Yes, so ending ending with the European Championship, obviously the series I'm ready to fight a motherfucker. Won't be around in its current form next year. It will be around. We'll kind of brush over that during the next topic. But yes, this series on paper will merge with GP3 next year to form the International Formula 3 Championship. Mm. So, yeah. Well, that's a whole different thing that we need to talk about also in the context of what we're going to talk about. Yes, we do. So, oh, last um, week. <laughs> there, there are going to be merging and fewer junior options for cars at an international level. Um, that means that, um, I mean, they can run at a maximum grid of like 28 or something. Like, it's not huge. Yeah, I heard it was Which means the costs are going to escalate. I heard it was going to. Costs are already around a million pounds for a top seat. Yeah, it's not a lot of seats because I heard in international. Like, I heard it's going to be what uh, GP3 initially started out as as, uh, 10 three car teams. So, like, Tatiana Calderon is a very well-funded female racer. She can only do Formula 3 and she can't afford any more test time or sim days or anything else. She can't afford it. Um, Salba took her on because Ruth Buscombe and uh, Manisha Keltenborn insisted. And a few other engineers as well, uh, not just the women, but 
um, it was partly led by that. Um, and she is a very talented racer. At this point in her life, she has done as many single-seater races, she's 25, as Lando Norris has. Yes, and like Tatiana my... has been driving in single-seaters for ages since she was on the Mazda road to Indy. Ah. Well, like... yeah. No, no, but you look at ages. Yeah, and Lando only did that like, about few races. She's only done a few races. Because yeah. she's that's only crazy. ever been able to fund one series at once. Whereas Lando Norris, who everyone treats as though he's the salt of the earth. He's a little, he's a kind of a, I hear from a friend who does karting and he says he is a bit of a pay driver. He has a lot of well, money no, behind no. him. He has 200 million pounds behind him. His dad, his dad is also apparently got a lot of money. His, yeah, no, his dad is worth 200 million pounds. Jesus Christ. And I totted it up. He has spent £16 million getting to where he is now. My friend said in karting for one year, spent, um, his dad spent a million pounds just to get him through this karting series. I was like, are you serious? Oh, no, no. Uh, I, I, am, uh, I completely believe that. So, like, I did a survey of uh, young women in karting. Uh, it was a couple of years ago now, but all of them were talking about we couldn't get the couple of thousand extra to get to the factory team. And somebody on Twitter was like, what do you mean a couple of thousand extra? It's hundreds of thousands. And I was like, this is where they couldn't get it. It was when they were like tiny. Yeah, That was where they couldn't get it. So they didn't escalate. And, and it, it's like, um, Jamie Chadwick. I love her. I, I, I really love her. I think she's amazing. I've met her multiple times. She's a really tough, really brilliant kid. Um, I think she, sorry to call her a kid, she's a young woman, but she's like half my age. Um, uh, but um, she is a amazing GT racer. She won British GT, and I. I think she has an amazing career in sports cars. Unfortunately, she came too late and without enough funding to single seaters. Well, that's, well, we'll we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. Okay. We've we've kind let's, of let's open it. the slurry. We skirted it too long last week. Yeah. It was announced that next year there will be. Uh, Single-seater series specifically will be run in regional Formula 3 cars uh, that will only, well, it'll be called the W Series. It'll yeah. feature only women drivers. Uh, it'll be ooh, it'll be a support series for DTM. Uh, how many rounds are they going to have exactly? Because I know Is they don't. Uh, 12, no. yeah. uh, 10. Oh no, six. It's six. It's <laughs> yes. six rounds because it's uh, the minimum number for the FIA accreditation. Yes. Yes. I so yes. it'll be a six race series. They'll only support DTM up until early August. And yeah, the prize fund was impressive to look at. $1.5 million prize fund with half a million going to the champion. And the series will be free of charge for all p participants which, again, on paper, is very, very appealing. I guess what I'm going to say is 
I think that probably we've got two women with two different but probably ultimately agreeing perspectives on this. And um, maybe you want to give us a timer for talking about it each. Oh. If you're comfortable with that, Ellie. Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. Uh, like, like if I was to say, just talk for five minutes about what you think and what just genuinely what you think. Um, I can, I could do that. Okay, cool. So let's let um, Dre. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's fucking terrible, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, it was like, when did I suddenly become from London? <laughs> sorry. Uh, Ryan, um, could you time from a minute and then let each of us have like a solid minute to talk and then we'll debate it? Okay, sure. So, like, I'll give you like just like two, three minutes roughly to talk. I got, you know, a rough timer. Okay, cool. Okay, so Ellie, do you want to go first or I'll go first if you would prefer? You can go first, Ellie. Okay. Uh, so what I think is that I initially thought that this was not that bad. Uh, when I looked at the W series, they were talking about the funding problem in female motorsport, which is the problem. Females are not funded in motorsport at a grassroots level. They are not funded by Dave Miggins Drills, who sponsor like... British F4 or genetic cars on a local area or the bits of drill uh, of karting that could be sponsored like women are simply not sponsored by them it is perceived as masculine it is perceived that you should not bother with feminine brands we need to start talking to feminine brands like if we could get somebody sponsored by Tampax all the way to F2 that would be amazing but at the moment there is a huge problem with funding and it's the female athletes in this area are not getting it at the lower level so they are never getting out of cars they are never getting into cars they are very rarely they're already in a minority but they're very rarely moving any further um, and like when you look at Ella Stevens who is a karting champion she's like 13 years old I think now um, but she's a really huge karting talent and uh, Alice Powell identified her as somebody who's already struggling for funding and she has beaten all of the boys so in theory the idea of something that just gave a funding advantage to women and then gave the prize is not trivial it's half a million and if you're trying to get two million together for f2 yeah, that's not trivial it's not trivial it's it, it could be the bit that did it and for this time you are not having to raise money to race a car um, like when I look at people like uh, Louise Cook who sold all her trophies in British rallying 
um, and is now desperate. She has taken out a loan to enter a rally. She is seventh, despite not being able to contest seven rounds of the um, lowest category of the world rally championship she should be in a world rally championship car there are teenage boys in world rally championship cars she should be in that um and she drove her world rally car uh 38 hours to turkey had a four-hour nap and did a fucking rally um, uh, uh, but that is that is the funding gap and i think that when you look at the gap between uh, Jamie Chadwick had competed in zero races before the first year that she competed with Orlando Norris in single seaters, and he had competed in 147. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, uh, 64 before that year. That is obviously. There is an advantage, and it's a funding advantage. And if you cannot resolve that funding advantage, it will never progress. Okay. So, Ellie, your thoughts? I totally agree with Hazel on this. It's like, I, I initially actually didn't like the series, and I still, I'm not too keen on it. I don't think it's the greatest idea, that idea of segregating people. However... This whole idea that money is going to be given, I think that's a great idea. And I think it might be a way to help them find more sponsors and help them show to people, I'm, I'm this good, Let I've won something, give me a sponsor. And I wrote about this and I said, initially, I thought this idea was, was rubbish. I wasn't a fan. And I read into it and I was like, okay, I can see what they're doing here. And I love this idea. But as Hazel said, it's grassroots. That's why you've got to look at it. And at the bottom, down at Karting, there's the main problem. Look at that and help the girls out there. Don't. And then if we go from Karting, it works its way up and up and up. And that's going to help them completely. And I don't have as much to say as Hazel does, but it is like you have to look at Karting. That is where the blame lies. I, I think something there. that you're saying there, Ellie, is that people have to look at Karting as a a championship that could have an end result and it could have if you pick up a woman to go in the tony kart team and you need to get in one of the karting manufacturer teams so like the tony kart team or something um and then if you could get there and could um like the idea that you could get to the women's series at least means there's a goal so that you can sell on to further casting people. Oh, I agree with that. I think there has to be. And I said it, I wrote about it. I said, address that issue at the bottom and then work the way up. And there are so many girls in the series that you look at and you go, they're brilliant. You know, Sophia Flush, um, but she didn't like the idea. She hated the idea. And, um, but but Jamie Chadwick liked it, and also she retweeted my tweet where I pointed out how many more races um, Lando Norris had than Jamie Chadwick. Yeah, so one thing I'd like to point out is uh, the the whole initiative about having the the you know introducing FIA 
you know, Formula Four to as a, you know a low cost entry level series has had it seemed to have it has an, uh, uh, an no, low cost. Bear in mind, it's yes. only a hundred thousand pounds. Only a hundred thousand pounds, and it's had unforeseen repercussions, as in, uh, let's say you're you could afford to race in multiple series at one time because they all use the same car. You gain experience driving in driving in one series. You still gain experience to be better in the others, yeah. and you've seen people abuse that, like Lando Norris, who's driven in the MSA Formula 4 championship in Britain, German Formula 4, and Italian Formula 4, all in yep. one year. Yeah, um, and you see people massively abuse it. You also see people massively abuse regional Formula uh, 3. Um, uh, it is... I mean, but it's part of the post-Max Verstappen thing of we've got to get teenagers. Teenagers. Like we need to stop. Uh, so part of this is we need to stop the super license. So the super license points are part of this problem. Well, um, it, like you uh, can like fix... they, they are a symptom and a problem at the same time. You could. Um, there are ways to what fix we need that. to do is tell people to go to university at the same time as driving. Yes. So, and then we'll talk to them when they're 25. But what <laughs> needs to happen is that Formula One gets 25 year old age limit. So, basically, like that's, that's genuinely what needs to happen here in the States. NASCAR had a similar because problem. then you've got a chance to get the funding. So, yeah, so in the States, NASCAR had a similar problem. Uh, it's kind of died down a bit, but basically, the way NASCAR tamped down on Number one, young drivers driving down in multiple series. Number one, they introduced an age limit, which Formula One has done. In, uh, mm -hmm. But they've also restricted. You could only score points in one championship per year. So, and you also, you're also limited to the amount of races you could race in other series. So not only that, you can, yeah. So you have to commit to basically one championship. And if you want to, uh, race in another, another championship field, they limit the amount of races you can enter. Which, um, okay, which again, if it, for most circumstances, uh, you know, a driver who has funding to race full time in a second series races only part time in that series, and usually the team finds another driver for to fill out the remainder of the races. Uh, usually for the most part. It ends up in a situation where the the second driver in the situation normally has you know no or little funding, so it it benefits them. Uh, so you, you see a, like a lot of weird one offs in NASCAR. Where I think yeah. Captain Leg did a race in NASCAR this year. Connor Daly did a race. We had uh, I've done a, a race in NASCAR. <laughs> We had Mark Martin return. Uh, Mark Martin is a former series champion, return to a NASCAR lower series race in his 60s. Well, we all kind of, you know, it's fun to return to the starting ground. Like, right now, I'm acting as a social media sub-editor, <laughs> uh, which means I get to sit around at work um, essentially doing piss all, as far as my brain is concerned. So what, sometimes it's fun. We just need money. 
So I I don't want to point out anyone else's takes at the moment, but I, I think um, we, it, it does no, I involve... Mean, I think what we should talk about with regards to the W series is uh, that it's a series that, as far as I can tell, is led by men. Um, uh, it's not endorsed by... Susie Wolf and Susie Wolf is very close to David Coulthard, who is one of the people who is endorsing it and is part of it. Um, but Susie has cautiously not endorsed it. So yeah, I have. Um, I my feeling is any extra car time for young women is great. Yes, free car time for young women is great. I am actually really against the fact it's against a DTM event. Uh, I was hoping it would be isolated events. I think I, um, I don't know if that would work though. Oh no, no, I don't think it would for sponsors or any other shit. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that this was a bizarro, uh, basically that some millionaire had just poured a load of money into women. one of the primary investors um, and the uh, series but, CEO is a woman. Mm, yes, great. Um, so are many. So is <laughs> yes, Melania yes. Trump. Um, you know. <laughs> that doesn't mean um, they have great views. Uh, no, but I think that. So speaking to every young woman I know, and I speak to lots of young women in racing, the first woman ever, ever in the history of ever to get a, a sponsorship deal which included up to GP2 slash F2 is Amna Al-Kabaisi. Um, and she's got a deal with uh, Abu Dhabi Racing to take her up to F2. That is the first ever. Yes, and the... Surprisingly so when enough, you when you yeah. talk about like men not getting funding, yeah, yes, there are lots of lots of talented men who lose out on funding because it is a brutal and incredibly expensive sport. But one woman ever, and she has yet to fulfil it. But one woman ever has got funding to F two. And I believe the last time a woman raced in what is now Formula 2 was... Oh, oh God. It was... Uh, it's uh, 1980. Nope, nope. It is, it is sooner than that. It is It's more recent than that. I believe it was 1993 in International Formula 3000. Oh, I don't that's count that as F2. You don't no. count... You don't count no. International yeah. Formula 3000, despite it International Formula 3000 becoming GP2. No, no, I'm sorry, that's not F2. It's, it's uh, not. No, uh, form, Formula 2 was Formula 2. <laughs> Formula 2 was Formula 2. Uh, like Formula 2 was still going on. No, Formula and... 2 didn't exist. This, this uh, championship replaced Formula 2. Well, I still think it's shit. <laughs> um, uh, well, also because Davina Galicia was um, nearly uh, champion of Formula One and Formula Two on a regional level in the yes. UK. So, 
but yeah, it, it's, it's. I mean, I'm it's afraid short, it's reductive it, version. <laughs> it's short. It's been a really, really long time. So, Ellie, do you have any other thoughts? I have to say, I found I didn't realize about Susie. I do think it is weird that she isn't backing it because she has this amazing, and I love uh, the Dare to Be Different scheme. I think it's brilliant. And I, I feel like that should be part of it. It should have something to do with it. And it's odd that it doesn't. So to bring that up, that is quite strange, I think. Because uh, I, to me, that's one of the nagging issues to me about the W series, that it is on paper it is such a high level championship that is it's a form like on paper it's a regional formula three championship it is not an entry level series this is the w series the the cars that they run should not be your introduction to car racing it would be a terrible introduction to car racing uh, i agree that i think these the the formula three cars i believe they are exactly like the formula three cars Yes, and I think it gives that the girls a step up. Yeah, it gives them and it gives them a chance to shout about it. But um, especially the girls that are backed by Dare to Be Different, like Jamie Chadwick, she's recently just joined them, but she's a massive fan of this. And I think those two should merge together and do something because I'd be, I think I'd be interested because I love Susie Wolf. I think she's brilliant. Because right now the W Series schedule is looking a bit light so in theory if you could get the funding together it it wouldn't be insane to say race in the w series while also racing in another formula three championship you're probably right there. like the the thing I, I definitely will watch w series um because it's another series with more talent and i love the other series with um other things you know i really like Anything like I watch Formula Three, I watch Formula Two, I watch Formula Four, and anything with young talent is going to be brilliant to watch. It's another series that we get more young talent. That's going to, that person should be in Formula One. That's great. Yes. It's just I think it needs a, four, a couple more races because there's only six, and it's like it's a bit sparse. I don't know how many they're planning to do per um, weekend because like it might be like Formula Three where they do three races, but make it a bit more. Um, like have a bit more. Make it a bit more bold. Yeah, it it would be nice to see. Uh, you know, a larger calendar because more races, more experience. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it, also, the other thing that does not make me feel comfortable is it seems like they are pushing this to be a TV product. Yes. Yes. So again, one of the things that doesn't make me feel comfortable at the about the W series is that it really feels like they're pushing this as uh, a TV product, as a product to sell to TV networks. Uh, I agree. Um, the, the, TV, the trailer thing was very, I've never seen anything like it for motorsport. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. So it was very I mean, pushed. I would say that's potentially good. So never seen anything like it in most sports, but actually I would say I have seen things like yes. it, but male oriented. Um, certainly the kind of like weirdo kind of like time things, it works uh, <laughs> stuff uh, where they get really existential and they're... I like, probably haven't been around long enough to have seen all of uh, Work up to the sky or the C4 end of series. Um, but I I think it just 
I was quite grossed out by... So, I was... I was willing to grudgingly accept W series. And I know that might sound lame, but I was... I, I was willing to grudgingly accept it. Um... In the sense that I knew that most women racers don't have the opportunities that the top male racers do. So a woman just about manages to get to British Formula 3. And then they expect her to be Lando Norris. But Lando (laughs) Norris did like 64 races in the year before he did that. Yeah. And And so... Uh, like obviously she's not going to be because she did zero. She was busy winning British GT yeah. as and the youngest ever champion, which has been it. entirely forgotten <laughs> um, because she hasn't managed to be Lando Norris. And it's like, oh, um, but every woman that comes up because we're so rare becomes Lando Norris. Like no, we, I, we are expected to be this thing. Yeah, I like, brought it up. And on every the show. black or Asian or anything, like any variant hey, on a white male, hey, we hey, have to be something. You you know where this stems from. Like it's it's an American thing. Like I brought it up on the show before and I've kind of given it its own name, the the Jackie Robinson effect. Because <laughs> uh, Jackie Robinson was obviously famously the player who broke the gentleman's agreement between the owners in Major League Baseball to not allow black players in organized baseball. He was the first player. Okay, I didn't (laughs) know that. Yeah, like, it wasn't a rule. Like, it was like a handshake agreement not to have black players. I I, I will just put up my hands and say I don't know anything about that. So, uh, Jackie Robinson was the first black player, but he was... He was probably one of the best players of his generation and was a first ballot Hall of Famer. And in a way, they lucked out because of that, that, you know, he ended up being one of the first black player, ended up being the best of his generation. Yeah. Even though, um, uh, even though everyone kind of... I mean, the thing is... Um, Lewis Hamilton. No, no. So, Hazel, I I need another point (laughs) I need to bring up. People ignore the fact that at the time, there were the Negro Leagues where because black players were banned from playing organized baseball, Mm -hmm. they formed their own leagues to play. My God. Um, I mean, the thing is, I think because... So Formula One likes to think it's educated and beyond prejudice because it's (laughs) pan-European. And it loves to think that. It really flatters to deceive. And so you get people like Joe Sayward saying that he uh, thinks that Formula One is a genuine meritocracy. Oh, that line. Uh, Which, at at the same time, I was, I was, I was, was catting her for some other stuff. Uh, but, like, there are people who genuinely actually think they will say that as a good line. Ooh. Which, obviously, we're all <laughs> younger and less insane than that. Um, 
um, probably didn't vote Brexit. Um, but like, it's really distressing to realise quite how far we have to remove Formula One from the quagmire. Yes, and as as a person on site, I travelled thirty six hours to Punta del Este. It was thirty six hours solid travel. Um, I got there. Obviously, you would think that anyone who had actually made that journey was obviously committed to what they were doing. Because, what the fuck? Uh, and I ended up getting come on to by one of Lucas Degrassi's um, Brazilian bike sponsors. And being really angry. And I think eventually falling down a flight of stairs. Ooh. But, like, it was very wet and things were happening. Um, but, like, that should not have happened. Like, if I wasn't female, that wouldn't no have happened. one would put, put me under that pressure. I wouldn't have had to, like, flee to my friends. And, like, it just. It was so pathetic, but like. So I I do have to bring up one point that you brought up that removing F one from this quagmire, uh, kind of looking into the world of two wheels. Uh, there is a series that is, in some ways, similar to the W series, but like dissimilar. Uh, so Dorna has this program called Road to MotoGP, where they have. Uh, two competitions, one called the Asia Talent Cup and one called the British Ta- Talent Cup. It's effectively the same pre- uh, premise where, uh, basically I'll just use the Asia Talent Cup as the example, where it's a series where it's free of charge. Uh, the champion gets uh, pretty much gets a ride in Moto3. Uh, and it's ex- and the only participants allowed are from that region. So in the Asia Talent Cup, it's 15 countries, including Japan, Malaysia, Australia, New Zealand, and Thailand. And basically, the whole thing is funded by Dorna, the uh, the pretty much commercial rights holder for MotoGP. Hmm. Okay. So in theory, it's not like the W Series because... It's not an independent business. They're not there to make a profit. They're there for a goal to develop, uh, you know, but new, I mean, I, young what riders. What I say is that Anna Carrasco has been a SSB 3000 champion. Yes. So, um, that, I mean, she's the champion. Embarrass everyone. She rinsed everyone. She was so far ahead of other people on that circuit. And, like, I know that people think that she should stay in lower bikes because she's lighter. But she weighs about the same as Danny Pedrosa. I think she should be allowed to damage herself about the same amount as Danny Pedrosa. Yeah, I mean, like, bike riders are small dudes anyway. Well, no, I like, I actually literally think that. Like, if Danny Pedrosa was allowed to do that, then she should be allowed to do that. Yeah. 
But yeah, the, the talent. I don't think we should be like, oh, a woman. <laughs> like, she is obviously good enough for MotoGP. Therefore, give her a MotoGP bike. If she can't ride it in the test, then fine. But okay, so the the talent cup idea is kind of a, a lost leader in the sort of way where they're developing drivers to, to you know tap into a market that they know would be valuable for MotoGP. Um, saying Formula One, you guys already have a lot of female fans. I'm pretty um, sure. <laughs> I think um, essentially until we get a lot of women competing and visibly competing women will not compete for uh, car titles I'm yeah, sorry that's, that's, the way, that's the way that numbers work <laughs> yeah win if you're not competing um, and I think like one of the worst things is that, or one of the best things uh, but also one of the weirdest things is that we're going to see a test in Saudi Arabia where the largest number of women who like are testing um, upper formula cars test upper formula cars or certainly um, Formula E cars and like it won't be people who don't know how to do it it will be a large number of women who consent to do it and do it and uh, just a quick uh, fact check from our producer Lewis who is also the host of Bike Live Anna yeah. Carrasco will be staying in her class next year to defend her championship she won't be yeah, yeah, moving she up will. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, because allegedly she can't move on because of her size. Uh, yeah, but... Which, it... which if you look at Danny Pedrosi... <laughs> I don't know, it depends how many bones she wants to break. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, either way. But yeah, also, another thing about the W series that I've wanted to talk about that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable that they're already talking about overseas expansion that they want to ha- that in the near future they want to have around in the United States. I think to be fair uh the root cars in the United States is incredibly cheap compared yes. to <laughs> Europe, like insanely cheap, because it is insanely. I I I can't describe how cheap (laughs) it is compared to. It's insanely cost controlled and it's insanely subsidized. They were trying to send Billy Munger over there because he hasn't got the funding, and Jamie Caroline because neither of them have got the funding. So they want to send those two over there. Oh, Jamie was already already here. Yeah, but yeah, the road to Indy has produced. The road to Indy has produced, you know, a large amount of drivers. So, in terms of, you know, our, the, you know, 
the U.S.-based feeder system here. Last year's Indianapolis 500, of the 33 starters uh, who made the race, 15 you know, participated in at least one level of the U.S. ladder. Uh, the rest, obviously, they were before the ladder's time or they came from Europe. Any closing thoughts? I think that it could uh, work as a concept, um, but it's not really... And also, it's, it keeps being offensive as a concept. Yeah, and also... As it stands, according to the Financial Times, they only have enough funding. Uh, they only have enough initial funding to run for one season. They would need sponsorship or more investment to continue after one year. Yeah, okay. So even if they do one, it's good, but it's great. Uh, any closing thoughts, Ellie? It could be good, but I imagine it's going to be one of those things that just we swoop over in a couple of years. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think it is the, the best idea under the current circumstances. It's, it's the best thing we got. Uh, hopefully we can get better. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see for when the series starts next May. So, yes. So in conclusion, uh, I've been Ryan King joined by Hazel. And Ellie, yeah. Uh, if you like the Hello. show, you, <laughs> if you like the show, you can always uh, find more on motorsport101.com. Uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter. It, you can follow me at Ryan Eric King, Hazel at Hazel Southwell uh, Fe. Uh, Ellie, what's your Twitter handle again? Uh, Ellie Jane F one. Ali Jane F1. Dre is not here. You could follow Dre at Harris HD. And if you really like us, you, su you could support us on Patreon. And yeah, you could join us again next What's week. What's your Patreon? Well, it is patreon.com slash motorsport101. Patreon.com forward slash 101. That's the thing that you need to go to. <laughs> And again, you can join us next week when we'll be reviewing the United States Grand Prix. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>